1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
0: We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2.
1: Play it now with Game Pass. Hello and welcome back to Inside the Vault, episode number 16 a Carolina Panthers podcast. I am your host, Ryan Smith. And uh, this podcast is brought to you by the Key Pounding Podcast Network. Follow them on Twitter at kppounding__fssn. And this podcast is powered by the Fans First Sports Network. Follow them on Twitter at Fans First SN. You can also rate and subscribe to the Tobacco Road Sports Radio YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash tobacco radio. Well, my latest guest here on Inside the Vault, uh, looking forward to having him on. He is a play-by-play broadcaster for college football and college baseball for the sec network he also hosts the radio voice for major championships for golf and finally you might have seen him on preseason football with your carolina panthers and our legendary player steve smith he does the play-by-play he is taylor zarzer taylor how's it going it's great ryan how are you i'm doing well it's so good to have you on let's um let's just jump right in um on a light-hearted note to start Uh, You do the play-by-play with the Panthers during the preseason games with Steve Smith. How is it like working with Steve? I've wanted to know. That's the first question I got to (laughs) ask.
0: Well, he's, he's one of the, my best friends um, and and has been for a long time. Um, You know, we did a radio show in Charlotte the last couple of years that he played for the Panthers and we became very close friends through that experience Um, and getting to work with him and call these games was really a dream come true. We Once he went to the Ravens, we stayed in touch and we're still friends, but we didn't get to see each other that often. We didn't get to work with each other that often. So we went seven, eight years between really spending a considerable amount of time together. And for the last three years, it's been just like nothing ever changed. So um, he really is like a brother to me and, um, and I to him, um, he's, we both have confided in each other and, um, in a lot of things in our lives. Um, so that's been great, but, um, we, what we do on the air is no different than what we do off the air. We have a, just a tremendous amount of fun together.
1: Yeah. Um, well, we won't get into the college football SEC network or golf today. This is a Panthers podcast. Let's get into specifically the Panthers portion. Um, obviously not the Brightest start for the Panthers at 0-6 to start the season. Uh, Panthers were on the bye this past week and will uh, come off the bye against the Houston Texans. A very winnable game. Um, just start. If you can just summarize in a few words, uh, what has the Panthers season been like? Um,
0: hard. its It's been they're, – they're missing a lot of pieces, um, especially on the offensive line. And at the skill positions, um, I don't think that this team is anywhere near complete on offense. I have a lot of frustration with injuries, especially in the back end. You know, I I think it's incredibly frustrating, just as an example, what's happened with J.C. Horn's career. Yeah. Uh, Covering, I do SEC football, as you said, and I have done a lot of South Carolina games Uh, In fact, as you're talking to me right now, I've just done two weeks in a row of South Carolina games, uh, and he was an incredible shutdown corner in college. They never threw his way, and and I thought that he would have a terrific professional career. Maybe he still will, but when you take a top 10 draft pick and the guy plays in less than 25% of your games every year, he's in the NFL. That's hard to overcome when you spend a first-round pick on someone like that. You've got a guy the next year that you draft, an Icky Aquanu, who's learning how to play that position at the professional level and is having some ups and downs with it, I think partially because the pieces around him aren't totally in place yet, especially from guard to guard. And, you know, you have that, you've got... You don't you, you trade away your best receiver in order to get who you think is going to be your franchise quarterback, and who I still believe is going to be their franchise quarterback. But because you trade that away, you don't really have a guy that fear is feared by opposing defenses at the receiver position. You've got a great possession receiver who's a great leader, um, but you don't have anybody that can blow the top off the defense. A running back that hasn't been healthy coming from the Super Bowl running up, runner up. I mean, you put all that together yeah. and it's going to be hard. So I would, I know you asked for a few words. Uh, I would, I give you one word. It's hard, hard, but I felt like it needed an explanation of for course. why it's been hard.
1: Yeah. And we'll get into uh, some of the meat here in a little bit. Um, and as Panther fans know, this game, Carolina versus Houston on Sunday, uh, features number one pick Bryce Young versus number two pick C.J. Stroud. Fans have been obsessing over how good Stroud looks at three and three for the Texans, equaling their win total from last season. And the Panthers obviously at a win six, like we said. So, Taylor, you've been around the team. Uh, I know you are familiar. Let's set the record straight. Is C.J. and Bryce? I mean, I know this and you know this, but let's let's set the record straight. Is it two different situations, apples and oranges, or is there a main reason why Stroud really is looking better?
0: I think that the Texans don't have as many issues as the Panthers currently do. And certainly that's a factor. I will tell you, this is something that I debated with a lot of friends in the business calling SEC football the last couple of years and being a fan or just an admirer from afar of C.J. Stroud, is what would the team that had the first pick ultimately do? And as somebody that covered a lot of Bryce Young's games, I think that he is an exceptional leader and somebody that is going to be a sponge in the locker room and in the film room and has a lot of talent. Um, But he's also in a situation where you've got a guy in Frank Reich who – I think by his own admission, hasn't called the plays perfectly, which is why he's giving up that responsibility. Yeah, You've got a guy in Bryce Young who's got a lot of issues around him, and C.J. Stroud has a team that has a little bit more um, of shape to it than, than the Panthers do at this moment. Having said all of that, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Panthers beat the Texans on Sunday. If you look forward in their schedule, Ryan, to the next month plus, I've been saying this. Yeah, it, it really wouldn't surprise me if the Panthers reel off a few wins. I'm not saying they're going to get back in the division race or in the playoff race or anything like that. But by the end of the year, if this team has five or six wins, um, it, it really wouldn't surprise me. that pick. Yeah. You know, the that, that pick is going to the Chicago Bears. Um, so I think the more wins the Panthers can get, the better for their future. And I know that fans are so frustrated and tired of, of having losing seasons in the Tepper era. Uh, and I assure you that he and his wife are very tired of it too. Um, but I think for the first time, if the Panthers can go – and, win, and let's say in the last 11 games, if they finish somewhere around five and six or six and five, I think that's something to build on going into next season. And it really wouldn't surprise me. I, I tell you, I know that the second half didn't look so good against the Dolphins, but that first quarter, I mean, you saw what Bryce Young is capable of in that first quarter. And I think I think he got a little momentum from that going yeah. into this game.
1: Yeah. Um. Speaking of bright spots um who are some players that have stood out to you through these six games we've mentioned Bryce we've mentioned Adam Thielen who, who are some of those guys that have stood out to you
0: um yeah i would say uh, i would say a few hey uh, i think that Hayden Hurst is going to be a really good leader at the tight end position he's obviously um it's been hard to get any receiver of the football Adam Thielen is up in age and I don't know what his future is going to hold in terms of how many years he's going to play for the Panthers, but you need that kind of leader in a locker room. And no matter what your record is, um, Andy Dalton as a backup quarterback. is like another coach to Bryce young. And I'm, yeah. I'm sure for the rest of his life, Bryce is going to be so thankful for him. I'm starting to see signs that Derek Brown is really pushing around offensive linemen. Um, it. He's another guy who did a lot of his games in college. And I thought that he would immediately turn into a big time player. It's taken him more time than I thought. Um, Kame Gruje Hill is a wrecking ball in the middle of that defense. Yeah, great special teams player, yeah. but he's a great tackler. So he, he's another one that that I've enjoyed seeing so far. Uh, Lavishka Chenault in this in the not only in in special teams, but also as a guy that's kind of a catch-all as a running back and a receiver. I like having him as a weapon in many different ways. So there are a few guys to point at. Um, but I would say, I mean, this – I knew that the beginning of the season was going to be hard because of the schedule, but this it's gone a lot harder than I think anyone imagined, which yeah. is why suddenly you're, you see a play – that's pretty significant that, you know, through six weeks of the season you'd make a play calling change as they have. And I keep referencing all these guys that I've known for a while – um, Thomas Brown's another SEC guy that yep, Georgia um, I've known yeah. for, for quite some time. And I'm fascinated to see what it's going to be like with him calling the plays.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of fans are, are as well. Um, now switching gears, um, things that have not been as bright. Uh, I'll start on the defensive side and then we'll get to the offense and then we'll get into um, some coaching and, and individual players before previewing uh, the Texans game and get you out of here. Yeah. Um, on the defensive side, the run defense, especially, I feel like has been the number one Achilles heel for this defense. Outside of that, this defense, uh, not bad, especially with the injuries they've suffered, especially in the secondary. Um, why has the run game struggled? I mean, people mentioned Marquand McCall getting released and not replacing him, uh, asking Shy Tuttle to be a true nose tackle, which is not really his mm-hmm. position. Um, why has the run game, particularly on defense, struggled? I
0: think that you just hit on some good points. I... The linebacker play, Frankie Louvu is a really good NFL linebacker by my judgment, and Kame Gru- Kamu Gru- Grugier-Hill is another um, situational player, very good on special teams, is a good tackler. But due to Shaq Thompson's situation and the fact that they don't really have – I'm not saying you need a Luke Kuechly all the time, sure. but you need someone that resembles that type of just – lateral quickness that's always around the ball on every single play and it brings a lot of leadership and I haven't seen that from the Panthers so far this season so I mean you hit on the first reasons with just the interior of their defensive front having some question marks but I think on top of that the guys that are right behind those players at the second level have left a little bit to be desired and this is going on a few years now with linebacker play for the Panthers being a problem. Um, so I, I would point at those reasons why the run defense has struggled a bit. Yeah.
1: Uh, on offense, um, there are a multitude of things I could say, but we'll, we'll just hit with the main things. Um, lack of receiver separation outside of Thielen has been lacking, um, the zone scheme running the ball, as opposed to the power run game that we saw last year under Steve Wilkes. And then you mentioned Corbett at right guard um, and Young learning on the fly as a rookie quarterback. Um, But Bryce has been improving each game, as we saw in the Dolphins game, his best overall game as a Panther so far. Um, So I'll just phrase the question positively on offense instead of just highlighting those negatives. What's the key to a post-buy improvement on the offensive side of the football and, and beyond as the last 11 games go? As
0: much as I love Bryce Young, he's got to get rid of the football quicker. And then what you saw in the Seattle game from Andy Dalton would be the best example of that. Bryce Young has to be the quarterback and by and and make no mistake, he needs to be out there and Andy Dalton would be the first to tell you that. But I I hope that Andy is in his ear saying, did you see how quickly I got rid of the ball against Seattle? We have offensive linemen, we have undrafted offensive linemen that are starting in front of you. We don't have a guy that can blow blow off the top of the defense. You've got to get rid of the football quicker. And Bryce holds on to the ball a little bit long, uh, at least for me. And in that last game against the Dolphins in the first half, especially in that first quarter, he was doing that. And he was taking underneath throws to Adam Thielen, and he was letting Thielen do something with his legs. And I think that's what he's going to have to do. He's going to have to get the ball to LaVisca Chenault. He's going to have to get the ball to Miles Sanders when he comes back. He's going to get the, he need to develop Jonathan Mingo more than we've seen so far. If Terrace Marshall is ever going to be of service to you, which is a big if, you need to find out, get that guy the football. Go, I mean, to me, Ryan, right now, with the record being zero and six, if you see a one, if you see there's one on run coverage with Terrace Marshall, throw him the football, see what you got with this guy, see yeah. if he can make a play. I mean, I uh, yeah, I think that's the big thing. Is just they need to get rid of the football as quickly as they can, and that to me is the key to their success.
1: I've I've been on this podcast saying that I think Terrence Marshall Jr. Despite the trade stuff we've seen, is a he is a great football player who just hasn't had who's had some bad luck so far, in uh, what you call it injuries, scheme drops, whatever you want to call it. He, with back to Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase at LSU, he was the guy uh with joe burrow uh he he got injured and then the other two kind of stepped up a little bit uh if people don't may not recall that but yes uh not a lot of time to go into a deep dive of terrence marshall but yes i would agree um someone who well and if he's going to be worth anything to you Ryan, either as a player or in trade in a trade you got to see what you have yeah yeah um Chuba and Miles Sanders on the running back. Um, do you think it's going to be by committee going forward? We might see that after Miles comes back. Chuba, really decisive power running in this Miami game, it looks like. And then we saw a little bit of Miles in the Vikings game, the Lion game, where you know you saw him on those swing passes, those screens that he used a lot in Philly. Um, will this be a running back by committee? I'm I'm fine with
0: that. And I mean, if you look at, I know it didn't um, shape up for the dolphins on Sunday night, but if you look at before he got injured, Devon H and and, and Raheem Mostert for the dolphins. I mean, the most effective running game so far in the NFL this year has utilized two guys in the backfield. And I think that's the secret to success in today's NFL is having multiple guys that you can rely on back there. So yes, I mean, if the game's on the line, then I want a healthy Miles Sanders in the game. Sure, but healthy being the key. And
1: that's, um, yeah, you're right.
0: And I don't think but, he's been healthy so far. No, he hasn't. But if he is, then I want him in the game. If yeah. he isn't, then I do think it's a little bit by committee. But regardless of Miles's health, yes, there needs to be there needs to be series for Chuba Hubbard moving forward. He's a guy that. Um, can catch balls out of the backfield, he picks up blitzes, and he can run like you said, he's a powerful running back that can do everything for you. Maybe doesn't have the same talent level that Miles Sanders has, but he's capable enough to play
1: 10 to 15 snaps a game. Yeah, we saw a market improvement, I, I think, this year from him as opposed to his, maybe his rookie year. Um, injuries have been a big factor, um, Ooh. with this team. The two part question number one, um, what Players could the Panthers see back this week? Uh, I'm talking Corbett, Xavier Woods, J.C. Horn, uh, maybe Miles Sanders. That's part one. And then part two, I know you can't answer this question, but best theory that you got going. Um, why have the injuries been taking such a toll this year? Why have they been happening, it seems, so frequently? Is that just a Panther thing, or has that been an NFL thing this year, you think? I mean, there's the turf grass debate, but we don't have to get into that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think that it's anything. That I just think it's fluky. To be honest with you, I don't think that there, it's anything other than that. Um, but I will say, I am a huge advocate of using natural grass or a hybrid type of grass that I know Mr. Tepper is a big fan of. If if that is shown to be to have the same exact sort of performance that natural grass does, I'd be totally fine with them using that. I know they haven't on their practice field in Charlotte. Um, but I, I'm not a fan of artificial surface. And I think we're seeing way too many injuries from it. I realize the financial cost that comes with that, but I certainly would love to see natural grass or, or something that's more effective. Um, if Austin Corbett, to your injury thing, I'll just start with Austin Corbett. If Austin Corbett comes back this week or whenever he gets activated, that is the biggest To addition to me that the Panthers could have to shore up that offensive front Corbett is a we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse carved it in the blood on our backs we did not see we could not but she did and in the
1: end what will I become? Senwa saga Hellblade 2.
0: Play it now with Game Pass. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices And that knee injury last year has taken a lot of time for him to come back from. So if he's activated this week, that, that could be very effective. I I sort of um, get the sense that he is going to come back this week. And, and that would be, that'd be very good news. Um, Some of the other guys that you talked about, I I don't know the latest with JC Horn. You would have to tell me that. Um, But I, if, but that's another one, you know, like we talked about earlier, he has not played much football in the last two plus seasons, and I think he's a shutdown NFL corner, and I think he'll prove that when he once he's out on the football field. I think in the glimpses we've seen, you can see examples of that, but I have not heard the latest on him, Ryan.
1: Uh, it looks like he has an appointment later this week. So we'll see um, what happens with that. And, and I think Frank Reich was going to get an update on him and Xavier Woods, particularly on Wednesday. Uh, he said he did not want to give an update uh, until Wednesday. So so we'll see uh, kind of what happens on that. crossed. Yes, yes. Um, and then Miles Sanders coming back and then maybe Von Bell as well to pair with Xavier Woods. Von Bell stayed healthy most of the six games. And then he just all of a sudden missed the Miami game. And at least me, it seemed like it popped up, but uh, he's another guy that I feel like. Um, would another great leader leadership. too,
0: by the way. Yeah. I mean, another guy, I mean, he's kind of, to me, he's kind of the Adam Thielen of the defense. Yeah, He's a yeah, guy he that went. commands a whole lot of respect in the locker room. And he's wise beyond his years. He's played a whole lot of meaningful football. And so it's not just the talent. It's just also the experience and knowing what to do on the field. And he knows what everybody else should do on the field. You need as many as those guys as you can have as possible with a young football team.
1: No, let's get into some trade rumors really quick. Uh, this will be a brief question. Um, it, it was said at least uh, by Joe personal, the athletic who has a friend of this podcast as well. Um, he said, it looks like the Panthers might be trying to trade for a receiver. Um, and then otherwise it might be sellers at the deadline. Other than that, um, one, is this a good idea? And then number two, um, we've heard names like Jimmy Chin, Terrence Marshall, and uh, Dante Jackson being brought up, and, and it was came out that the Panthers gave Marshall a um, permission mm-hmm. to seek a trade. And obviously Burns uh, has also come up. I don't get the sense that they're going to trade him, but that's just my reading in between the lines. But um, so, so thoughts on anybody getting traded, and then also, um, is it a good idea to get a wide receiver here at the trade deadline?
0: I'm going to start by answering this. So you mentioned all the golf work that I do. I was in Scottsdale, Arizona last February for the Waste Management Phoenix Open while the Super Bowl was going on. And I bumped into Christian McCaffrey and Sam Darnold while I was there. And Christian McCaffrey came up to me and he was like, God, just seeing you makes me miss Charlotte. He's like, that town means the world to me. He And I said, "I it was we were brokenhearted when you left. Um, what an incredible player and guy he is. He's like, you know what, though? I totally got why they did it. Like, I mean, it it made sense to get all the draft picks they could get, and now he's in an incredible situation. And what a guy to be able to say that, by the way. CMC, it's impossible to cheer against that guy. Um, I would use the same – I would do the same thing if I'm the Panthers right now that they did with McCaffrey last year. If, if it means Brian Burns, um, so be it. If it if it if it means Jeremy Chin, if it means Shaq Thompson, if it means Derek Brown, if it means one of those guys that you can get a stockpile of picks for, do it. This is I know that the Panthers are tired of starting over, but this is a first year administration, if you will. It's not the it's not the coaching staff that you had last year. And this is a coaching staff and a team that's trying to build from the ground up. And I think it's really important to do it the right way. If you look at the best teams in the NFL right now, that's what the Philadelphia Eagles did, and they did it at the line of scrimmage. It's what the San Francisco 49ers did in a very similar way. It's what the Chiefs did. The Dolphins were the worst team in the NFL three, four years ago. Look where they are now. And they've done that through the draft and a couple of free agent signings. Jacksonville is an example of that. Who had to start over 100 times. And it looks like they finally are making inroads there as a playoff team last year and a team that looks like they're primed to go back this year. I think that that's the same thing the Panthers have to do. They, Because they gave up that DJ Moore pick and gave up their pick for next year, I think that if they can get some more picks in the draft, this is a team that's going to hopefully end up winning five or six games at the end of the year. But if they can get back into the first round and get another significant player I would do it, and and if it means saving money in order to do it, and sign another couple of free agents next year, so be it. Ideally, Ryan, I would rather sign Brian Burns to a long term contract. Sure, but given but given what happened in the last six months, I'm not so sure that that's realistic. And if it isn't realistic, make sure you get something for him in return.
1: Well, we'll just have to see kind of where it goes down the pike. And, and then the wide receiver one, you're, it sounds like you don't think that's a good idea.
0: <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh, um, well, I mean, I would love,
1: I yeah, would love,
0: yeah. yeah, I would love for the Panthers to, to have a number one wide receiver. I don't want to trade, I don't want to give up a draft pick. Yeah, yep. I don't want to give up assets to get a guy unless you are tethered to that guy for a long time. Sure. I would rather go find I would rather trade one of your best players now who you don't think is going to be with this franchise for long like McCaffrey last year. I would like to do the same thing with one of their best players this year and get that player in the draft or via free agency in the offseason. It it does the, the only hesitation I have is I think the reason why we've seen so much struggle for Bryce Young is he the, the receivers are not getting separation from defensive backs down the field? And it's made Bryce hold on to the football too long. Yep. But I I would like to see him grow and check it down this year and maybe force the ball to mingo a time or two. And if he throws an interception, so be it, and get that guy in the offseason. But it's it's a tough position to be in.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I was going to ask you about Brian Burns and his contract, uh, and if not, do they slap the franchise tag on him this offseason? But it sounds like you've kind of answered my question there, <laughs> from that goes.
0: I, lo- I mean, I love him. I, th- I think he's an. I think he is an impactful pass rusher in the NFL, but I think that y- I think it depends on what you can get in return. Yep. If you can get a pile of picks in return, similar to what you can get from McCaffrey. Probably can't get as much as you can get from CMC, but if you can get a significant amount of value in return, I certainly would explore it. But um, if you can't, then then yeah, I, I probably would do what you just said and I would franchise him and bring him back. You got to get to the quarterback, and he's your best yeah. bet of doing so. But I, I will tell you, like I'm sure you do the same thing, like watching Hassan Reddick ball out on Sunday Night Football. It's just, oh
1: so hard to watch. We're not going to go down that road uh, for, for our <laughs> sanities right now tonight. Um, let's get into this coaching staff real quick and then we'll get some predictions uh, going down the stretch and okay. get you out of here. Um, Frank Reich has given up play calling to Thomas Brown. Uh, that was done this by week. Um, it, he has said this, uh, even when he got hired, Thomas Brown would call the plays at some point. Um, thoughts on the move um, and what kind of play caller is Thomas Brown? What I don't
0: have thinking? any idea because he hasn't done it. Um, he's done it maybe a time or two in his life, but he's always been more of a like in the college. He's been he was a great recruiter and a good position coach. Yeah, and he and then obviously for the Rams, he was the same thing. I would guess that there's some Sean McVay in him. Yeah, I would. You know, I mean, he was Mark Ricks, offensive coordinator at Miami. Yeah, he so was, he's got a little
1: bit of experience, but it's still common. Yeah.
0: He yep. was, he he at Georgia, he was a position coach and he, he got some valuable experience with one of the more talented rosters in college football. But I would think because of his NFL experience with McVay and the Rams, that you would see that have an impact on him. But I would also say this, Frank Reich, Josh McCown, Andy Darnold, Andy Dalton, excuse me, and Bryce Young are all going to have an impact on the way Thomas Brown calls the game. Thomas is not the kind of guy that's going to be so stubborn and say, this is the play. It's going to be a collaborative effort. He's going to be calling plays from a sheet on Sundays, but I know that throughout the week, it'll be a collaborative effort. So I I think that he's going to try to put Bryce in the best position to be successful. But I hope that while he's calling these plays, he encourages Bryce to get the football out of his hand very quickly I'm fascinated to see the kind of job that he's going to do. The, the you know, the other guy that certainly will have an in a say in this is Jim Caldwell. You know, that's the whole reason they brought Jim in is on Mondays and Tuesdays. I'm sure he's going to have a lot to say to Thomas Brown.
1: Yeah. Um, this coaching staff specifically um, were Panther fans uh, expectations too high uh, to start the season um, or do they, with, you know, with a rookie quarterback, new receiving core, new coordinators, new head coach, you mentioned, and the schedule as well, very tough. Um, this is not the same team as last year. The offensive line overachieved a little bit, a different running style. And, you know, the whole coaching staff, like I said, is new. Uh, were fans' expectations wrong? Or were we just underestimating how much of a learning curve Bryce Young was going to have as a rookie quarterback because they all go through it? Great question. So...
0: Yes, the expectations were too high, but self included. Um, and you hit on it because of what we saw from the offensive line in the Wilkes era towards the end of the season. I really thought that that offensive line would be able to protect Bryce Young. Now that I didn't realize Austin Corbett would miss six games this year. Yep. You know, that was assuming that he would be back at the start of the season and he wouldn't miss as much time as he's missed. So that's one thing. The other thing is, is when I thought about the Panthers being a potential contender and what most of us believe to be the weakest or one of the weakest divisions in the NFL. I didn't look at just how difficult the schedule was going to be the first six weeks. Yeah. Having said that in the preseason, I still thought they'd be about two and four right now, not oh and six. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been a steep learning curve. The inability for receivers to get open down the field, the inability to really protect Bryce Young up front and run the football effectively, Miles Sanders not being totally healthy, yeah, and the and the schedule. You put all that together, and it's been much more challenging than I think most of us would have imagined. Yeah. But having said that, I'm still betting on the Panthers. Yep, playing about 500 football from here. And that's based off of what I saw them do against the dolphins last week.
1: Yeah. Um, off the beaten path question, um, really quick as we wind down, um, being around the team that you are and some of the insight that you've had, um, what's one thing, whether it's fans, followers of the Panthers, the media, good or bad that we're not talking about enough, like something that's very underrated, um, Good or or bad? What are we not talking about enough? Um, I
0: I think the administration cares deeply. Uh, The organization cares deeply about the fan. Um, You know, Mr. Tepper and and his wife, Nicole, are front-facing quite a bit. But the other people behind the scenes are working their tails off to try to bring a winner to Charlotte. Um, And I think that just having the kind of opportunities that I get in the preseason to be around those people makes you realize, all right, the this franchise does have a lot of people, a lot of new people, I might add, in the next the last couple of years sure. that are here for a reason. And when you're around them, you'd be impressed. And being around as many different football programs as I am at the collegiate level and to some degree the professional level, I think that you'd be impressed by that. So. Just, I guess that that would be one thing that I noticed. Their marketing team is terrific. Their front office does a good job. Scott Fitter is a very hardworking man that is think it, whose scouting department is all there for a reason. So yep. I was I've been pretty impressed by them. Again, a lot of these guys have not been in Charlotte for more than a handful of years, and prior to them, you had guy you had a army of people that had worked for the Panthers. Since its inception, there are a lot of new faces that have come to work for the Panthers in the last few years that have done a good job.
1: Uh, Last three really quick, um, and we'll get you out of here. Um, What is the main thing we need to do to come out with a victory against the Texans on Sunday for our first? Get rid of the football quickly, period. Get rid of the football quickly. Okay. Um, main goal the rest of the season for these last 11 games with Bryce Young is it the development for uh, Bryce Young and that's it, or what else, or is that it, or is that just it?
0: No, I think, I I think that that's part of it. I think that winning football games is very important. Um, I think that there, you know, a lot of people say, well, there's so much time, eight, nine months between seasons. If the Panthers finish the season five and six or six and five in this last 11 games. I think that that would be something that's rather significant going into next year is the way that they play these games. You know, if they beat Houston and or Indianapolis with Gardner Minshew and or the Bears, then all of a sudden you could say, okay, if they win two or three of those games, then they've got some momentum. If they were to beat a playoff team like the Dallas Cowboys or if later in the year they beat, say, Tampa or Atlanta with Jacksonville. yeah. when those teams are playing for the division title, or like you said, at Jacksonville in the second to last week, if they can get one of those games or a couple of those games, I think that would go a long way in the future development of this franchise.
1: And then lastly, what is your prediction for the rest of the season? Uh, if you had to give a record, what, what would you say our overall record would be?
0: All right, let's see here. I'm going to say that they have... Or I'm going to say that they go five and six the rest of the way. So, so that, I'm going to yeah. say that they're five and twelve. Five and 12. I think okay. I know that that's a that's a record that that people have gotten quite familiar with in yeah. the last uh, in the last yeah. few years. But if you do it the way that they did it this year, I think there would be more hope and optimism going into the following year than there typically has been. So that's um that's where that's where I'm going to say that they end up.
1: All right. That's a good way to end it. As I said at the top, my guest today has been Taylor Zarser, uh, preseason TV voice of the Carolina Panthers alongside Steve Smith, SEC Network for College Football and College Baseball and Golf as well. Taylor, all the best. Uh, Great to have you here on Inside the Vault. And uh, anything else you want to plug since we have you on?
0: No, all good, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Uh,
1: You're welcome. And uh, it's so good to see you. And YouTube. that will wrap up this edition of Inside the Vault, episode number 16. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And we will see you next time.